Galatians chapter 5. How are you today? How are you holding up? Uh, doing well? I see lots of heads nodding. All right, it's good to see everyone. It's good to be together. If you are new with us or you completely forget about uh, what we were doing last week, uh, we were in the book of Galatians and we were talking about Galatians 5 and the flesh, the flesh. Um, and so I'm very proud of you if you are new or you've returned. That was a sort of a tough message, but I heard a lot of positive thoughts about it, and uh, thank you for your feedback. Uh, and so we're continuing Galatians 5, and Andrew, thank you for reading uh, the passage there about the fruit of the Spirit. Let's pray, okay? Lord, thank you for today. Um, I sense a real, just a sweet fellowship. Um, this is a gathering like no other gathering. Um, it's really a gathering uh, that's formed uh, out of your grace. Uh, and you are shaping us to be your people, and you are pursuing us, and I thank you for that. And so in these moments, Lord, help uh, us to encounter you and to see the sweetness of the cross and to find our identity once again in all that you are and all that you've, you've done for us. Father, uh, forgive us if we are um, so familiar with what we're hearing that it is, um, it is not impacting us. So help us, Lord, to, to be open uh, open our eyes and ears and our hearts. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. Okay, um, Galatians 5 starts with this uh, beautiful statement. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Doesn't that sound beautiful? I mean, I can't imagine a more important idea for my life and for your life. For freedom, freedom, Christ has set you free. That's the that's an important goal of redemption, what we call the, the, the salvation that we em, embrace and enjoy. And so I'm, tr- I'm struggling to live in that freedom. I'm struggling to live in that freedom because something is in me, the residual effects of sin is remi- remaining in me. This, uh, this aspect of me is called the flesh. The flesh. And the flesh is described in attitudes and behavior. And you can see it there in verse 19. Uh, Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. You see the list there? Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Okay, so this is a description. It's not exhaustive of the flesh. And then it goes, there's a beautiful transition uh, uh, that takes place in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Oh, I love that transition. The fruit of the Spirit is love. That's great. That's a a beautiful transition right there. Just And so we've sort of escaped the gravitational pull of the flesh right there. The fruit of the Spirit. Oh, we have the Spirit of God in us. The fruit of the Spirit. 
And this is beautiful, beautiful. Here it is, the fruit of the Spirit. And notice the, sort of the oneness of this, because it doesn't describe fruits, but it's singular fruit. And then it's this beautiful composite uh, expressions of character. Beautiful, beautiful description. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, against such things, there is no law. The, the idea is the Christian experiencing these things doesn't need, doesn't need the state to come up with a law about being patient. Uh, thank you for your efforts. We don't need it. Against such things, there, there is no prohibition against expressing love, you see? The Christian is moving in the power of the Spirit. And so, and then this beautiful statement about sort of the how. How does this happen? Verse 24, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. All right. Beautiful. And I was reflecting on this passage, and uh, yesterday morning, actually, it's about 7 in the morning, there's a beautiful thing that happens in our neighborhood. Uh, the, sun, the winter sun comes at a beautiful low angle. Uh, some of you are noticing how beautiful that is. And uh, the heat of the sun is now hitting all the moisture on the roofs and cars and lawns in our area. And, and, and the steam, the steam rising from, so these two temperatures are mixing it up and, and, the, and the, 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 the rising of the steam and I'm out sipping some coffee, reading this beautiful passage, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And I'm just having this beautiful moment, and I'm talking to myself. I'm thinking, you know, what is your deal, Todd? What, why can't you move in this area more freely and, and experience this much more consistently? I'm just looking at this beautiful scene, and then something starts happening in my cul-de-sac. It's early in the morning, and... Uh, Cars are pulling in, and uh, they're like the head of a golden retriever sticking out the side of the window. And oh, that dog is being dropped off, and a and a husky is being pulled in. And there's a uh, there's a plan with our new neighbors. We have new neighbors, and they have these three red dogs. And they've told me the name. It's some Eastern European dog, and uh, they I, I just can't remember the dog's name but it's like a hunting dog. They're beautiful. They have a nice little puppy. And, um, and so what's happening is there's a dog convention in, in our cul-de-sac, and, uh, and they, they start coming. And so I'm seeing these strange, the heads of dogs coming through the mist, and they're arriving, and they're, they're convening. It's, uh, it's like a political convention out there, and they're all kind of hanging out and talking, and the, the owners are talking, and the dogs are checking each other out, and there, there must be nine or ten dogs. In, and I'm just sipping my coffee reading Galatians 5. And then two dogs uh, just bolt over to our lawn. My lawn's important to me, by the way. My yard's important to me. I think about it a lot. And um, two dogs come on over, and I don't know if dogs talk to each other, but it was all simultaneous, perfectly in sync. It was 
If it's, a, if it's an Olympic competition, these dogs would be gold medalists because they were in sync with what dogs do. And I was thinking about, Todd, why don't you walk in the Spirit more consistently as I looked at what these dogs were doing to my lawn? And then, if that wasn't humorous enough, I read these words from a book I was reading by Richard Lovelace, and here's how it goes. Ready? I, I, the two dogs, the mist, everything. Then I looked down at this sentence. All who attempt for a single day to lead a life centered on God and his kingdom will discover they have a battle on their hands. I read that sentence. Do you find yourself in the, in the throes of a battle? I do. I find as I interact with my world, my little inner world, my lack of patience. Patience is a, is a big thing for me. Impatience. Uh, I one time showed uh, Sandy Kalama, who's here, who's been a kindergarten teacher here with Trinity many years. I showed her my, my kindergarten um, grade book. I still have it. I didn't know they had grades in kindergarten, but I, I, got, I got graded. And there was this one box, this one area called self-control. <laughs> and I always thought I scored pretty well. And Sandy explained to me, no, you, you didn't. Uh, I think it was an N.A., not acceptable. In the ancient world, these would have been described as virtues. But these are deep character changes. Feel free to look down at the list any time right now. New attitudes, dispositions, abilities. Listen carefully. An ability. We're way beyond just sort of church niceness here. Just a nice, nice people, nice church. And I'm amazed at how flexible this is. You can take the, this fruit of the Spirit and you can put it on an airplane. You can travel to work with it. You can, it, it is portable. <laughs> it can travel with you wherever you go. This life in the Spirit moves with you. It is portable. It doesn't require certain circumstances to make these things happen. Aren't we all familiar with the excuse that goes like this? You make me so what? Mad? You make me respond this way. Really? Is it that? Or lack of sleep? Something happening physiologically in your body? What, what, what's happening with you by way of moving in, the, in, this, in, this, in this, the character qualities that we're talking about? We have an idea that we can live pretty much any way we want. But this list doesn't let us do that. This list challenges us. And if we think, well, I am actually a pretty respectable person. I am not a felon. I'm not in charge. Uh, the, the, the law is not chasing after me. I usually don't fall into grievous sin. I, I attend church. In other words, we are 
pretty quick to compliment ourselves. We are okay. In fact, even our goodness may function as a kind of weapon against God. And in the words of Richard Lovelace, he says that this goodness may be designed to prove that we do not need to serve or even believe in him in order to be good. Well, this is the key application of the Galatian epistle. Every letter, Ephesians, Colossians, have application. Usually the last couple chapters, this is it. If the Apostle Paul, there is no Galatians 2, it's just Galatians, this is his word to the Galatians, move, walk in the Spirit, and the Spirit will produce this fruit in you. This is the application. And so these standards must be applied to ourselves And we may have been taking pride in ourselves in our outward actions. See? And as you read this list, you may feel very alone. Very alone before God. Because something is being knocked out from underneath you all that other-centeredness, see? All that other-centeredness. There's a lot of problems out there. But all that outwardness is now kind of being knocked out away from us, and now this is this inward look, and it's a presentation of the power of the Spirit. This is your restoration, Christianity is the restoration of your humanity. This is what it looks like. Between Christ's first coming and Christ's second coming, this is what we are to produce in this fallen world to show before our spouses, show before our children, show before our church, show before our co-workers. For instance, long-suffering. Long-suffering in a world where 10 items for this checkout. Long-suffering. Thinking about long-suffering the other day, I was at Target. You know, it was like four big shopping carts in front of me. Oh, and I was suffering. I was just thinking about this is like crazy. Sure, okay, all right, all right. So the whole idea is that we can bear up under circumstances and we can exhibit the grace that's described here. And really today is simply in this short message today is an introduction to the genuinely spiritual life. These qualities were active in Jesus. He was long-suffering toward his disciples He was patient with people who came with, to him with their pressing needs. An extraordinary love was exhibited in and through him continually. 
Now, what does it mean, verse 24, and we're going to examine this much more next week. What does it mean, verse 24, is Paul's assistance for us, his help for the Galatians. He says, you must crucify the flesh in order to move in the power of of this new life. And I would say simply that this is a fight. And you must recall in your mind, each of you must recall in your own way beautiful pictures of the cross, scripture, three by fives in your pocket, something that is helping you with battling the flesh because some other pleasure, the flesh is a pleasure, it's pleasurable to be vindictive. The flesh has to be overwhelmed with a new affection, to quote Thomas Chalmers. Just like how do you get over an old girlfriend that you, you, know, you can't get over? How do you, get, how do you get over an old girlfriend? Guys, help me here. How do you, how do you, how do you get over an old girlfriend? You get a new girlfriend. Ladies, how do you get get over that guy you still like? You get a new one, right? What's that? All right, Milda has lots of advice for us here. So you need a new affection to replace the affections of the flesh, right? So I need a new affection than my perfect lawn. In that moment, what there is for us, and some of you may think this is ridiculous. Pastor Todd, you can't handle it. Yeah, I can. What we need in that moment is a huge cross for even some of the ridiculous things we argue about, the ridiculous things that throw us off, the ridiculous things that tweak us about our spouse, the ridiculous things. When you look at it, and one of the things, that, one of the ways you know you've recovered from the flesh, ready? You start laughing. That's, how, that's one of the great signs. One of the great signs is you say, what was I thinking? How ridiculous of me. And you begin to chuckle. You begin to see the silliness of it. It may take, it may take a long time, but now you look back and I go, man, I was, I was just crazy, you know? I'm feeling lonely up here. (laughs) The recovery includes some laughter. And I think that, I I think this is a a description of love. I think all of these are expressions of love. The fruit described here is one fruit with beautiful manifestations that relate to how you interact with other people. One fruit with multiple manifestations. The central quality is love. The believer is called to be love-mastered, love-inspired, and love-driven. So, uh, Marianne loves this one particular study Bible called the Open Bible. And uh, I was reading the Open Bible. It's very interesting. In the study notes, here it is, very simple. Regarding Galatians 5, 22, 
Joy is love's strength. Peace is love's security. Patience is love's endurance. Kindness is love's conduct. Goodness is love's character. Gentleness is love's humility. Self-control is love's victory. Now, if you're moving in this strength, you're moving in this security, you're moving in with this endurance, you're, you're moving with this character, this humility, this victory, you are making progress in the Christian life. And its central, central expression is love. Life in the church, life in marriage, life in work, they're all places where you're being tested and, yes, at times afflicted. But the Spirit of God is in you. Now, here is the one last little thought, and then I'm done. I don't know if it's a little thought, maybe it's a big thought. All of you, I think, are familiar with these ideas. You're familiar with Galatians 5.22 and the idea of walking in the Spirit. You've, you've heard that idea before, right? So here's the key. All of you, if you are a believer in Jesus, have the Spirit of God in you. Amen. Good news. But here's the question and here's the struggle. Do we have the fullness of the Spirit? See. And haven't you seen the fullness of the Spirit do remarkable things in you. You have some testimony. It doesn't have to be some heroic action. You know, if you are a believer here today, you can testify of God's strength, His presence, His power. The fullness of the Spirit is beyond your control. It is something you cry out for. It is something you say, Lord, I don't have the love anymore in my heart. And we all say, welcome to the club. And we cry out, I need your fullness. I know you are with me, but I need your fullness. See? May we begin to explore what it looks like to experience the fullness of the Spirit more consistently, more regularly. What does that look like? This is the application of the Christian life in the book of Galatians. Let's, let's, let's go for it. Let's yield ourselves to the Spirit, asking for His fullness. And it looks like these gracious qualities of love and kindness and forbearance and patience, you see. And, and it's, a, it's, it's the life we're being called to. Amen. Let's pray.